You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. that these religious leaders, these great holy men of Israel, were living in darkness, that they didn't know the truth because they refused to believe that he was their Messiah, the Messiah who was sent by God, his father. And although many believed in him, Jesus knew the hearts of all men, so he knows that these religious men did not know the word of God because they did not know him. Does your life reflect God's love and compassion on those around you? If you're really a child of God, you need to know Him intimately and live a life like Jesus would live here on earth. Pastor Dave reminds you today that people should see the love of God from how you live, and it all starts with knowing God intimately. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 8 as he begins his message, Like Father, Like Son. Gospel of John, chapter 8. We're going to read verses 37 through 47. We're going to tackle 10 verses today. So we'll see how the Lord does here. I'll read aloud if you'd like to follow along silently, please, beginning in verse 37 of the Gospel of John, chapter 8. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, Jesus says, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, We were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. So, have you ever found yourself doing something that reminded you of your parents? Or or perhaps you found yourself saying something that once your parents said to you. That very thing that you swore you would never say. 
but you say it. Or how about your behavior? Though people look at you and see the behavior that exemplifies your parents? Whether we like it or not, whether we like it or not, we are all products of influence by our parents. Oh, we claim not to be. We claim that we'll never be like them. We won't ever do the things that they do or did, but that's not so. All you have to do is look at your children and see the way they act, and you see some of the things that they do in you. People say things like, oh, you're just like your father. Or they say things, oh, you got that from your mother. From birth, people start looking for resemblances of our parents. They make statements like, oh, he has his father's eyes. She has her mother's temperament. Have you ever heard these sayings? Oh, he's just a chip off the old block. Or he's following in his father's footsteps. Or here's one. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. That's usually not said in a positive way, by the way. These figures of speech are called idioms. And they're usually used when a son or a daughter takes on mannerisms with their actions or speech of their father and mother. But of all these idioms that we looked at and we talked about, as I read through the scriptures when I was making my study up, the one that comes to my mind is like father, like son. Like father, like son. And this idiom is used when different generations of family members behave in the same way that their father or mother did with the same talents or with the same defects. It's very interesting to me that this is not a new quote. This is not some 20th century quote because In the Bible, in Ezekiel 16, in verse 44, listen to what the prophet says. Indeed, everyone who quotes Proverbs will use this proverb against you. Like mother, like daughter. What's the prophet saying? The prophet saying is that children inherit their parents' traits. Children inherit their parents' traits. So in today's scriptures, Jesus begins to speak again to the Pharisees. He's speaking to them now for a long time. He's been in this conflict with them, and it's been a struggle of words. Jesus says things, they react to him, and then Jesus continues to speak the truth. But he tells them that they do what they've seen of their father. In other words, Jesus is saying to them, like father, like son. You guys are doing the same thing that your father does. See, these religious leaders, as you well know, since you've been studying with me the Gospel of John, they've been after Jesus now for quite some time. This has been ramping up. They have been after him now for a long time. And as you saw in the beginning of chapter 8, they came to him and threw this woman at his feet that was caught in the midst of adultery. They were wanting him to make a decision one way or the other so that they could accuse him so that they can find a way to haul him into court. Because if you remember correctly, way back in chapter 5, they had one main goal, kill him. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to silence him, his speech. So Jesus is constantly challenging these men. He is challenging them, though, with the truth. He's speaking the truth, the truth of who he is. 
the truth of where he came from, the truth of who his father is, and the truth of where he is going to. He declared that he was the light of the world. He declared that these religious leaders, these great holy men of Israel, were living in darkness, that they didn't know the truth because they refused to believe that he was their Messiah, the Messiah who was sent by God, his father. And although many believed in him, Jesus knew the hearts of all men, so he knows that these religious men did not know the word of God because they did not know him. Because of this, Jesus said they will die in their sins. They're slaves of sins. The truth would set them free, he said. However, are you ready? They couldn't handle the truth. Nor were they even looking for it. They weren't even looking for the truth. The truth was standing right in front of them. And it reminds me of Pontius Pilate looking into the eyes of truth and his words were to Jesus, what is truth? They were blinded, as we'll see. What was their contention? What was their claim? Their claim that they were Abraham's children. But Jesus knows the truth. The truth is that they cannot understand because they don't know God. Imagine this. The religious leaders of all of Israel... Holy men, holy men of God, supposedly, don't know God. Don't know God's character, don't know God's word, don't know God. And because of this, they won't listen to Jesus' words. So as we read 37 and 38 this morning, we studied 37 already. He says, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. Yes, Jesus concedes to them, okay, fine, you are descendants of Abraham, but you are not Abraham's children. If you were true descendants of Abraham, you would know who I was. You would know who I am. You would see me for who I am. Yes, you are descendants of physical Abraham but they were not childrens of Abraham in a spiritual sense. They were not childrens of Abraham. Abraham was a friend to God. Abraham talked to God. Abraham trusted in God. Abraham believed God's promises, and Abraham believed God's word to be true. And Jesus talked with Abraham. In fact, in a few verses next week, we're going to find out that Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. And they want to stone him. Why? My word has no place in you. They didn't have a place for God's word in their heart. These religious leaders did not have a place in their heart for God's word. Instead, they trusted in the traditions of men instead of the commandments of God. They didn't allow that hole in their heart to be filled by God's word. Instead, they banked everything on their traditions and how they interpreted God's word. And that was more important to them than the actual word of God. So they want to kill our Lord Jesus because there's no room of the word in them. Remember Jesus' testimony. He told them that he was the son of God. And the word here, no place. The verbiage here, no place in them. If you look it up in the Greek, you'll find out that there's eight times in the New Testament where they use this. And what it means is, it means basically that it's not big enough to contain. They can't contain it. They can't receive it. 
John uses this word in John 21, 25, when he says that if everything that Jesus did was written in this book, there weren't books big enough to contain it. So it's something they contained. They couldn't grasp God's word. These religious leaders couldn't grasp God's word. They couldn't hold on to it. They couldn't accept it. There's no place for him because it didn't fit. Is there a place for God's word in you today? Can you receive from God what he wants to speak to you today? Have you made place in your heart for him? Can you contain it? And if God's word come to you, will God's word find good ground? Will God's word find fertile ground in which it can get in and seed and blossom and bring forth fruit? Will God's word do that in you today? I prayed so. I pray that's why you're here. I pray that you're not just fulfilling some religious activity by coming here every Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.30. I pray that you're here because God's word is making a difference in your life and God's word is valuable to you and you've made a place for it in your heart so that you can receive it, that it can nest in your heart, that it can get in your heart and get in there and start to grow and you'll bring forth fruit in your life. And we'll be able to see that fruit and we'll know that you're a child of God. Jesus speaks to them. He speaks to them that what he has seen and what he has done, he has done because he's seen his father do it. Likewise, what they have done, what they have seen and what they do, they see their father do it, like father, like son. And we see this clearly. So let's move on. In 39, they answered him and said, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. Once again, they come back at him. Abraham's our father. Abraham is our father. And he comes back to them, great. If you were Abraham's children, where are Abraham's works? I have to ask you, what is Abraham's works? Got it. Faith. Abraham's work is he believed God and that was accounted to him as righteousness. He believed in God's word. When God told him something, Abraham believed it. He received it. He accepted it. There was place in his heart for it. And Abraham received it and he trusted in God. And in Genesis 15, verse 6, it says, and God accounted it to Abraham as righteousness. Now, what does that have to do with us? Well, when we believe upon him whom he sent, when we believe upon Jesus Christ for salvation, when we believe upon his work on the cross, when we believe upon that he was a man, died for our sins, when we confess those sins and believe that God raised him from the dead, that faith that we believe in is accounted to us as righteousness. It's the same faith. And that's what he's telling them. You don't have the faith of Abraham. If you had the faith of Abraham, if you were really Abraham's children, guess what? You'd believe in me because you would know God's word. I know you guys are Jews. I know you guys are Jews. You're descendants of Abraham both physically and racially. But you're not Abraham's children because you don't believe in me. And this is exactly what Jesus is saying today. And what I'm saying to you today is if you want to be a child of God, you must believe upon him whom he sent. You must believe upon Jesus Christ. You seek to kill me, 
Abraham never did. I talked with Abraham. I walked with Abraham. We had a great conversation. I showed him everything I was going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham and I were buds. Abraham was one of my peeps. I had to say that. He says, if you were Abraham's children, you wouldn't want to kill me. You wouldn't want to kill me. Then Jesus tells them that they're just like their father. Look at 41a. You do the deeds of your father. You do the deeds of your father. You're just like your dad. You're a chip off the old block. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree for you, fellas. You're just like your old man. At this point, it's as if the Pharisees are tongue-tied. I mean, I can see them getting mad. They're really getting mad. And they really don't know what to say to rebuke Jesus at this point. They really don't want to say. So what do they do? They sink to the lowest form. They take their prejudicial attitudes and they slander his birth. Look at 41b. 41b. Then they said to him, we are not born of fornication. Oh, whoa. I liken it to when we're in an argument and you don't have anything to say and you're getting kind of frustrated because you can't come back and you think of the best comeback, you can, you go, oh yeah? We've done that before. We get in arguments and we start to slander. We start to cut to the quick. We say things we know that'll hurt. They wouldn't have gotten away with that in the hood because somebody said, don't be talking about my mother that way. They're talking about Mary's pregnancy. They're talking about Mary here. They're calling her a fornicator. Back in verse 19 of chapter 8, they called him illegitimate. They've been attacking Mary's pregnancy since the beginning of Jesus' life. They've been attacking him. But now they call her a fornicator. And what amazes me more than anything here, and I love this about my Savior, I love this about Jesus, is his composure. His composure. Man, I'd have been, oh, don't you. Not Jesus. Matthew says in Matthew eleven twenty nine 29, that Jesus speaks, he says, he's meek and lowly of heart. And we have to be careful because meekness is not weakness. Meekness simply means power under constraint. Jesus withheld everything because remember, he did not sin. If he had lashed back at them, that would be sin. So he withheld that. And I love that about my Jesus. He didn't come back at them. But our Lord and Savior denied what they claimed. He pointed out that their very attitude themselves was clear proof that they were not true children of God. Just your attitude, just your actions. If you were children of God, you would have loved me because I'm the one who came from God. I'm expressing to you God's perfect will. And when we get down to it later on in John, we're going to find out that Jesus will say, I only say the things the Father is saying, and I only do the things the Father is doing. And we know that Jesus represented the Father perfectly to us. He represented him perfectly to us. And the reason that they don't understand this is because they didn't want to. Bottom line. They didn't want to understand it. Because his preaching was too uncomfortable. Because they knew if they understood it, they had to change. You witness the people yourselves just like that who are uncomfortable with what you're saying because they think they're going to have to change their life and they are so comfortable in their uncomfortable life that they don't want to change. I told a story first service. I had a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine who has since passed away, who I was witnessing to. And the first question, one of the questions he asked me is, will I have to change? 
I went, well, no, you don't have to, but you're going to want to because Christ in your life, you're going to get this new life. Well, then I don't want Jesus because I don't want to change. I like who I am. I went, no, let me know how that works out. They didn't want to change. They don't want to change. The Pharisees don't want to change. They're on top of the world. They're on top of the hill. People came to him. People revered them. People thought they were the greatest things in the whole wide world. They were religious men. Oh, they were so holy. Look at them over there on the corner praying as they stood there so everybody could see. Look at them giving him the money as he picks out the money and says, I'm, I'm giving it to you. Know? Look at him. They're so holy. They didn't want to change that. They didn't want to lose their stature. So the reason they didn't understand him was simply because their ears were too heavy to hear. You cannot hear my words. You cannot because your prejudicial attitudes prevent you from listening. Do you ever talk to somebody like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were so prejudiced that when you talk to them, it's almost like they're going, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Their ears were blocked. Their ears were blocked. Even after they continued with this mindset, listen to their words in 41C. We have one father, God. Once more, they're claiming to be God's children. Have you ever heard someone say this to you? Well, we're all children of God. Well, not according to what we're studying today. What we're studying today refutes that. In fact, if you remember correctly, a long time ago in a galaxy far away when we first started, John, in chapter 1, in verse 12 and 13, listen to what John writes. He's talking about the Word becoming flesh. He's talking about the Word that has come down. And he says this about the Word. We know the Word is Jesus. We know he's talking about Jesus. So he says in verse 12, but as many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were not born of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You cannot become a child of God through physical genealogy. Doesn't work that way. My children cannot become Christians because I am a Christian. Doesn't work that way. It is not by blood. It's not something that you inherit from your parents or pass on to your children. This dynamic life as a child of God is not by the will of the flesh. In other words, I can't will myself to be a child of God. I can't say, today I'm going to get up and live a dynamite life. I'm going to be self-sacrificing. I'm going to have a great attitude and I'm going to give to the poor and I'm going to do all these things. Good luck with that. You can't do it in your flesh. You cannot do it in your flesh. You cannot do it by the will of man. You can't be coerced. You can't be pulled or drugged into. You can't come into this new life because somebody's pushing you. The new birth can only come from God. Born of God. A child of God. You must be born of the Spirit. This is what Jesus told Nicodemus. You must be born again. Born of the Spirit. So once I was born of blood, by the will of the flesh, by the will of man, here I am. I'm a product of my mother and father, Herman and Ginny Shank. I'm their son. You are our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.